Hi, welcome to the Axe Church UK weekly podcast. We hope you'll be inspired and blessed by today's message. Enjoy. Right now, we are in the middle of a series uh, studying the Ten Commandments called Four Plus Six, and we are right now in part four. And uh, it is my blessing. Uh, I was so blessed to uh, be preparing this uh, uh, week's message, but also so challenged. Uh, I, I never thought I would be challenged so much. And, uh, and I pray that you too will be blessed and challenged by the Word of God. Amen. You know, uh, you know why don't you turn with me to Deuteronomy chapter 5. And we're going to start reading from verse 1 to 15. But today our focus will be from 12 to 15. But we're going to read from verse 1 just to get the full context. Amen. If you're there, can I hear a good Amen. Amen. I know that I know you're wearing face masks, but we can still make noise. Amen. Are you there? Can I hear a good amen? Amen. That's more like it. Amen. Jesus is alive, so the church is alive. Amen. All right. Okay. Let's do this together. Let's lift up our hands. Let's do some interaction. Everything is not so socialist now. So live and says, God, we surrender the preaching to your hands. Now stretch out your hand to receive something. You say, Lord, we receive your instruction and correction for us today. Now clench your fists. God, give us the strength to obey. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Deuteronomy chapter 5 verse 1 says this, And Moses called out Israel and said to them, Hear, O Israel, the statutes and the judgments which I speak in your hearing today, that you may learn them and be careful to observe them. That's what we want to do. We want to learn and observe. The Lord our God made a covenant with us in Horeb, and the Lord did not make this covenant with our fathers, but with us, those who are here today, all of us who are alive. That's right. The Word of God is for those of us who are alive today. The Lord talked with you face to face on the mountain from the midst of the fire. I stood between the Lord and you at that time to declare to you the Word of the Lord. For you were afraid because of the fire, and you did not go up the mountain. He said, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. You shall have no other gods before me. When we first started off, we, we, we learned that, hey, you know, God's first command is for us to know God and for us to acknowledge our need for Him and to serve Him. You shall not make for yourself a carved image, any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them nor serve them for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me, but showing mercy to thousands, to those who love me and keep my commandments. And the second commandment teaches us that we not only should acknowledge God, but we need to worship Him. You know, in a continuous manner. Not build an image and then leave Him in a corner so that we can get on with our lives. No, God is saying that you, you can't have that. I want a relationship with you. Do not objectify me, you know, but, but come on a journey with me. And God said, no, he, and the reason why He said, I will bless those and I will curse those is so that he, He's trying to tell us that, and I mean business. You know, I'm God and I want you to worship me in the way that I want to be worshipped. And I mean business. And you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. And so last week we learned about representing God. That's what taking God's name is. We represent God. And so God is saying that, acknowledge me. I'm, I'm the God that you need. I'm the only one you need. 
and worship me, not in a transactional, not in a once a year, not in a religious matter, but in a relational way. And not just that, you know, worship me by representing me. And so God is saying that don't just, you know, uh, put God in a box. And, oh, okay, once a week I will worship God. And then all the other days, no, God is saying represent me all the days of your life. Do not take my name in vain. Which brings us to part four today, verse 12. Observe the Sabbath day to keep it holy as the Lord your God commanded you. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of, your, of the Lord your God. In it you shall do no work, you nor your son, nor your daughter, nor your male servant, nor your female servant, nor your ox, nor your donkey, nor any of your cattle, nor your stranger who is within your gates, and that your male servant and your female servant may rest as well as you. And remember that you were slave in the land of Egypt, and the Lord your God brought you out from there by a mighty hand and by an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God commanded you to keep the Sabbath day. Amen. Praise God. Today's title, if you're taking down notes, you can put four plus six, part four. Four commandments for our relationship with God. Six commandments for our relationship with men. And part four today, the title is, You Shall Keep the Sabbath Holy. You shall keep the Sabbath holy. In short, there's so much to unpack. Many times when we look at the Word of God and our friends who don't have faith or are seeking, you can have the bad stereotype that Christianity is old-fashioned, archaic, you know, it's burdensome. But when I read this, I was like, wow, God, you are not burdensome. In fact, you are so ahead of your time. In fact, you are so civilized. In fact, you are so loving. Because the context of this is when God gave this command, this was in ancient times. There was no such thing as democracy. There was no such thing as human rights. There was no such thing as the constitution. And yet God gave His people this law so that all of them can be equal under Him. So that no king can, can corrupt his people or manipulate his people. And in this scripture, just like over there, commandment 4 is so powerful because it is the earliest form of labor law. Labor law. Like today, we have, you know, a minimum wage. That's a form of labor law, right? Uh, we have, uh, uh, you know, holidays that uh, your employers must honor. You know, there are bank holidays that they must let you go and do your thing. That's labor law. They must pay you every month on the same day. That's labor law. For students who work part-time jobs, you know, you cannot be exploited. You can only work, what was it, 10 hours a week? 20? Oh, wow, that's, that sounds exploitive. But anyway, 20 hours a week, not more. Because that's labor law to protect you so that people don't take advantage of you. And here you have, you know, not just a law about rest, which we'll go into, but let's, 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 let's unpack it a little bit. It is the earliest form of labor law and also employees' rights. So when you think about it, can you imagine God is saying, wow, I'm a God, I, I honor me, worship me, but it is also my role to take care of you. And, and part of our worship towards God is the, is the good treatment of our fellow men. Because that's why you say, you know, honor me, Sabbath. And this is how you celebrate that Sabbath. 
let your servants off. And, and this was powerful because, you know, it was also the, the earliest, not only labor law, because it didn't say, okay, you take a break, but make your servants work for you. No, no, you take a break, and your servants take a break, and your animals take a break. And, and just when you thought, wow, that was, that was really ahead of its time, you know, back then, again, like I said, this was like ancient times, so, so, so men and women didn't have equal rights. But then God put them on equal footing and says, you are deserving of equal rest. And that's why it, it was so precise to name that not just your male servants, but even your female servants. Why did God go specific to, to tell us very clearly that, hey, I, I love both genders and I'm for equal treatment of genders. And, and again, you know, it, it starts with like, you shall take a break. You know, this is like, you know, you know, God's Oprah Winfrey moment. You no, know, you shall rest. You shall rest. Everybody take a rest. So say, you don't work, know your son. And then people go, yeah, that's right. Because sons are, you know, in, a, in an Eastern context, sons. Ooh, sons, special, right? Know your daughters. Oh, 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 okay, okay. Fine, fine. Okay. Know your male servants. And then male servants, probably, oh, oh, so the female servants will work. <laughs> no, and the female servants get off as well. And, and this was unheard of. This was liberating. Today, you look at this and go, like, yeah, it sounds about right. But that's only because of this command. Western civilization and the labor laws that we enjoy today didn't come from some politician. It came from the Word of God. That's how powerful this is. And not just that, it's also a command for animal rights. How many of you love animals? You know, how many of you love to eat them? Okay, and all my vegans, you know, anyway, you know, it says here, okay, so you rest, your sons rest, your daughters rest, and I know some of you are saying that, uh, does it mean that the housewife does everything? No, okay, it's implied that when the man rests, the woman rests as well, okay, the sons rest, the daughters rest, male servants rest, female servants rest, and then it goes on, right? Your ox, your donkey, your cattle, uh, now don't, don't try to be funny and go like, what about the chickens and the ducks and... You know, no, no, no. It means all animals. Just rest, especially the animals that work for you. The horses that carry you, the donkeys that serve you. You know, donkeys as actual people. Uh, no, sorry, I mean animal, not people. Uh, it, it was a joke that came out wrong. Don't, don't, don't call people donkey, okay, chat? All right. Yeah, and, and it was like, wow, animal. So when you think about it, everything that we're fighting, I mean, people are, are, are protesting today. Oh, you know, uh, equal treatments of people. God was, was, was the first. You know, oh, love, you know, uh, uh, love the wills. God was first. In fact, you know, the, the, you know, he was there. And not just that, the equal treatment regardless of race or background. Because it says that even the stranger who is within your gates. Because, you know, if you're not careful, you can be, okay, so the Israelites rest, right? So the foreigners work. No, no, no. God loves people regardless of their culture and their background and their nationality. God's not xenophobic. God's not exploitive. And God is saying that, and, and I want my people to show this how you worship me, by treating people well. By, 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 by resting. You know, by, by, by not exploiting the stranger. And this is so powerful. You know, I hope that one day some of you will be rich and you know, and you have your own businesses and I pray that we will live by this command and go like, wow, I'm not going to mistreat other people because that's not worship to God. That doesn't honour God. You know, so, you know, 
And it's so powerful, isn't it? When you, when you unpack it, it's like, oh, wow, wait a second, Pastor. I thought it was just about keeping the Sabbath holy, take an off day. No, it's not just about taking an off day. It's about taking care of people. And God is saying that, hey, I'm the God who takes care of you. Trust me, I'm the God who takes care of you, regardless of your status. Boss or servant doesn't matter. And it goes on, right? It says, says you know, not even the stranger. And then it goes on, and, 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 and who is within your gates, that your male and female servant may rest as well as you. And as I was reading this, I was like, you know, I, I had a moment. You know, I had a very Asian moment as I was reading it. I don't know why, you know, but the, you know, the very Asian way of pronunciation came up and I go like, and your male and female servant may rest as well as you. I read it like, as well, you know, the, 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 you know, the, the me, the, you know, the, the attempting to be stiff upper lip English me is going like, may, may they rest as well as you. But then suddenly the Asian side of me came, may they rest as well as you. And, and in Asia, when they rest as well as you, means that if you have, you know, if you're going to eat, they must eat. If you're going to sleep, they must sleep. And I started digging into like the Hebrew and go like, God, which one is it? May they rest as well as you. That means that as you rest, may they rest or may they rest as well as you. Am, am I losing you? Am I, am, am, is, is my foreigners losing? I hope not, right? And I find out that God is Asian because... <laughs> and, and, and friends, all that, that's just surface level. We're going to go in deeper. Is that okay? I got so much. I'm so excited to share with you. I hope you're excited to hear this too. We ask ourselves three questions every week. Three questions when unpacking the commandments, right? So we, we, we look at all that historical context and, and how amazing it is. And hopefully this informs our modern day living. But the three questions, question number one, we ask ourselves, what does this command tell us about who we are? Are you ready for point number one? Point number one is this, we are only human. And this is amazing because we, in other words, God is saying that I, I know your limitations and I know your need for rest. And I'm giving you this command because I know you are only human and you need to rest. So God is again showing us His character. He's not a demanding God. And sometimes the devil wants us to think that, that, that God is so demanding. Don't trust Him. He's the demanding God. Give Him your tithe and you ask for 30% more. No, he, He's the God that wants you to rest because He knows that you're only human. He's the God that wants you to eat because He knows that you're only human. God, God, God is, the, is the God that, that wants your boss to treat you fairly because he knows that you are only human. And that's amazing. And this reminds us that, wow, not only are we only human, but a part of our worship to God is to rest. You know, the word you know, uh, Sabbath comes from the Hebrew word Shabbat, which means to stop and rest. To stop doing the, other, the things you do on the other days separate that one day apart from me, says God. In that day, stop. You know, if you are a farmer, stop being a farmer that day. And maybe some of us, you know, you'll be happy to hear this. If you're a student, stop being a student that day. Ooh, controversial. You know, if you are a workaholic, stop being a workaholic that day. If you're a pharmacist, stop being a pharmacist that day. If you're a doctor, stop being a doctor that day. So church members, don't go up to the pharmacists and doctors and go like, you know, uh, uh, brother, I got this itch. Uh, I got this itch. You know, stop it. Stop getting free medical advice and prescriptions. God is saying that Shabbat, stop 
and rest. The word rest is, is you know, is nuach, which means to abide, to chill. So, so God was the first one to invent Netflix and chill, except he said, stop and chill. Stop and chill. Isn't it amazing? God is saying, in a world where we are going on and on about uh, work-life balance, mental health, stress, God was there before all that hashtags. And God is saying that, live, work, worship, but one day, stop, rest. Because you need it. And that's the thing. We sometimes think, no, I can keep going. How many of you are like that? How many of you hate holidays? You know, no? Okay. How many are workaholics? How many of you love checking your emails? How many are addicted to your emails? You know? And God is saying, stop, rest. Don't, don't point fingers. Don't point fingers. Okay, stop, rest. Surprisingly, all, it's all females that are pointing fingers. So, okay, wow, we got, we, got, we got strong women in church. Praise God. Stop, rest. But, 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 but God, you don't understand. Stop, rest. Just one email. Stop, rest. Spend time with me. Rest, abide with your family. You know, because it wasn't, you no, know, everybody stopped working and then everybody's like, you know, social distance. No, no, no. This was like pre-COVID times. And people were allowed together and have meals. And we pray that one day we shall have you no know, proper Sabbath again you know, where we can enjoy a meal. And, and of course, you no know, many times we go into the, the whole realm of like, oh, is it Saturday? Is it Sunday? And let, me, let me just clarify, okay? It doesn't matter. Because, and it's not just me saying it, let's go to Mark chapter 2, verse 27 to 28. Hey, before you, you start stoning me. Mark 2, 27, 28. Jesus, Jesus said, He said to them, The Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. Therefore, the Son of Man is also the Lord of the Sabbath. So let's focus on the Sabbath was made for man. Uh, Pastor, do I do it like the Old Testament way, which is sundown on Friday until, you know, nightfall on Saturday? Well, if you want to, sure. Uh, uh, but God, you know, uh, but, but Pastor, you know, uh, the, the scripture says, you know, work six days and then take, but right now I need work five days. So which day should be my Sabbath? Doesn't matter because the Sabbath was for you. So technically, my Sabbath is Monday because right now, in a way, I'm working. But I enjoy what I work, so I hardly work, you know. Anyway, so. And, and, and so, does it mean that, oh, if I don't take Sundays? No, no. You, right now, you're, you're enjoying your Sabbath. You're stopping your work. You're coming to church. You're chilling in God's presence, receiving His Word. You're doing your Sabbath. But yet, you know, some people could be serving. And God is just saying that, just set one day apart. Oh, well, why not? You know, five-day working week, just set one day apart. So does it mean I get to have two Sabbaths? Just whatever, but just set one day apart. <laughs> You can enjoy the benefits of a prolonged Sabbath, but just set one day apart because the Sabbath is meant for you. Isn't it beautiful that God is saying that I have a gift for you called rest? And, 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 and you know, it's so powerful and, and it's such a powerful showcase of God's nature. But let me go in a little bit of like, you know, is it Saturday or Sunday? Traditionally, like I said, it's sundown from Friday until nightfall on Saturday. Uh, but the early church started, uh, you know, remembering Sunday because it's the day that the Lord rose again. And, and of course, today we're modern. We have like five days working week, two days. So regardless of Saturday or Sunday, God is saying that you're only human and you need to rest. Set aside a day to rest. To stop your emails, to stop your work, 
and this implies to work only. I don't want you one day to become a parent and go like, oh, it's time to Sabbath, baby. So parent, no, so, so kids, feed yourself. Mommy ain't going to change your diaper today. Mommy's taking a Sabbath from being a mom. No, no, no. Being a mom is not a job. Being a dad is not a job. So that doesn't change, but our jobs change. Amen? We are only human. Turn to your neighbor and says, you are only human. Amen? And, and oh, we, we serve a God who knows us, who knows our limitations and wants to see us rested so that we can go far. Amen? So the second question, second point is this. So why was this command given? If rest is so good, why do people need to be reminded to rest? Because the truth is this, point number two, we need to remember where our rest comes from. It's not just a command to rest, but it's also a reminder, where is this rest rooted? Because the number one reason people can't rest is this. Let me just use a very simple Example that a lot of people here can understand. You're a student, you got an exam on Monday, right? And then you go like, oh, Pastor, you don't understand. I got a very tough people on Monday. If I don't study today, but the Word of God says this, how we struggle to rest, whether it's studies or even working. Some of us who own our own businesses, sometimes we find it very hard to clock out. For us who lead teams, it feels very hard. You know, we work for multinational companies are, are, are worse. Because, you know, you do trading and then suddenly America's stock market opens up and then you go like, oh, let me, let me you know, work some more. Let me earn some more money. Because you think that rest comes from the more money you earn. Because you think that true rest comes from your boss being happy towards you. But God is saying that, no, your rest comes from me because in verse 15, God says, remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt and the Lord your God brought you out from there by a mighty hand, by an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God commanded you to keep the Sabbath. And God is saying that you can keep the Sabbath because don't forget who was the one who set you free. Now that you're free, use that freedom to rest. Oh, but, but God, no, the obstacles in my life, have you forgotten who was the one who set you free? What obstacles was greater than slavery in Egypt? What obstacles was greater than the Red Sea? Did I not part it? Did I not humble the Pharaoh? And then they were like, okay, God, we get it. So we rest. Because you see, if you don't feel safe, if you feel like, you know, you got something to do, if you feel incomplete, it's hard for you to rest. That's so why if you don't finish your homework, it's hard for you to rest. You know, I know this from personal experience growing up, you know, school holiday is no fun until you finish your homework. You know, you, you, otherwise you, you suffer. You know, you can play your Super Nintendo, but then there's always this phantom of homework hovering behind you. You know, until I, until I grew to a certain age where I figured out actually holiday homeworks are... Anyway, that's another message for another day. And I love how God uses imagery. I rescued you. I brought you out from Egypt. I brought you out from slavery. I brought you out from bondage with my mighty hand by an outstretched arm. And when I read it, I cannot help but envision the cross. And could it mean, could it be that in God telling his people, he was also telegraphing the way he was going to give all of his children perfect rest and perfect freedom? By his mighty hand that was pierced for us, by his outstretched arm on that cross. And that's a powerful reminder, not just for Old Testament, the Old Testament Israel 
Israel, Israel children. Nation of Israel had the years of slavery and how powerful God defeated Pharaoh and rescued them as the reminder, as the assurance that you can take a break. And for us, New Testament, we have the assurance that Jesus has done it all for us so we can take a break. Jesus has forgiven us of our sins so we can take a break. Jesus has, has, has you know, died for our sins, risen from the cross by a mighty hand and an outstretched arm so we can take a break. And when you remember where your rest comes from, then you get true rest. Otherwise, you can go for a lot of holidays and you still won't be rested. We heard this saying before, I need a holiday to recover from this holiday. And God is saying the Sabbath is not just a holiday, it's a holy day. And once you get that right, true rest comes out. You know, eating a lot of food can be enjoyable for that moment, but you suffer because what comes in must come out. Or if it doesn't come out, then you suffer because you'd be like, oh, why am I so fat and all that, you know? If you drink a lot of wine and it might make you happy for a while, but what comes in must also come out. And usually what comes out is a lot of destruction and bad decisions. But it's only in God. It's only in God that you can find true rest. And Jesus reminds us of this in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 to 29. Matthew 11, 28 to 29. And as you can see here, I'm trying to use Old Testament, but also what did Jesus teach on the Sabbath? What did Jesus do on the Sabbath? He said, I'm the Lord of the Sabbath and man was and Sabbath was created for man. Not the other way around. And then he says this about rest and peace. He says this, Come to me all who labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls. This is a powerful imagery. If you, if you just look at this, yes, you can see it as an invitation for God. Come to me, all of you who are weary, and I will give you rest. But it is so much more than that because many times we forget. He says that, and I, and take my yoke upon you. Now a yoke, go back and Google this, Y-O-K-E. Yoke is this thing that in agriculture, farmers put between two animals. It is a way to connect two animals together. So for example, all right, uh, just for illustration purposes, uh, a yoke is usually something that is on your back. It is not the most comfortable. So can you imagine if two horses, two cows have this on their back? You've seen that before. Any chariots, you have them on the back. Well, I'm doing this for the people in the camera. Those of you listening online for the podcast later this week, just imagine. And so Google and imagine, okay? So a yoke. And God is not just saying that, come to me and I will give you rest. Come to me, I will give you rest. And my, and my rest, true rest, is found when you take my yoke, Jesus' yoke, upon you. Now, in ancient times, a yoke is also used for farmers to train animals. And so they usually have like one uh, bull that's very strong, you know, that's very obedient. And what they do is when they get a new bull is to put these two bulls together so that the new bull can learn from the old bull how to respond well to the farmer and how to work the till because you know, otherwise the new bull is like, oh, no, I don't want until a yoke is put on it. But not by itself. It's put on a more experienced bull, more experienced animal. And so, for example, a cat, why don't you come? You know, because we're from the same household so we can do this exercise. So Jesus is trying to say, all right, come to me all who labor, 
right? And it doesn't sound very kind. Come to me, oh, whoever, and put on my yoke. You know, come to me and then put on my yoke. But then it says, but is Jesus a, a, a fierce a, a bull that will, no, but that when you yoke with him, he will run you to the ground? No, it says this, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. That's what yokes do. You yoke together so that the younger bull learns from. And then it says there, for I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls. And so in other words, God is saying, many times we think that, okay, pastor, I get it. I'm human. I need a break. So let me start Googling holidays. Iceland, here I come. But God is saying a true rest. Iceland can, can be good for you, but then you need, you know, a, a, a hot land to, 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 to warm you up. Uh, if you don't get that joke, never mind. But, you know, and so, but God is saying that, look, come, you're upon me and this is true rest for you. Thanks, Kat. In other words, true rest is not apart from God. It is next to God. It is with God. It is not without God, but it is with God. And God is saying that, you know, come upon me and be yoked together with me. Celebrate Sabbath, but in your celebration of Sabbath, in your stop and rest, do not exclude God. Because it's so easy for us to go like, oh, I need a break. So I need a break from serving. I need a break from church. No, And God is saying, yeah, you do need a break. You do need time to stop and to receive. Stop and abide, but don't stray away from me because it is with me. And that's why we encourage people to come to church on Sunday because it is with God that we find true rest. Come and serve. You know, you, 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 none of us are full-time musicians, so that doesn't constitute as work. So stop being a student and on Sunday, be a rock star for Jesus. And when you take upon the yoke of serving that can look like a yoke or commitment or practice or coming early, you will find true rest. When, when your ministry team leader, when, when Gareth tells you, hey, suit up for Sunday because, you know, we want to be our best ushers to give you a good impression and you're thinking, oh, I don't want to. No, when you do that, it is a yoke, but it is a yoke from Jesus that will give you true rest. And so again, you know, God is saying, hey, you know, you need to remember where your rest comes from. It comes from not away from me, but with me. Not without me, but with me. Amen? So, so let, let's, let's not compromise on that. Amen? Let's, let's learn to stop, but also let's learn to sit. You know, just like the song that we sang today. You know, I just want to, you know, be in this moment with you. You know, I just want to have this holy moment with you, with God. And that's why our friends in, in, at home, if you're watching, no service and worship is not complete. If you just sat back and watched, that's not Shabbat. That's not worship. That's not commandment number four. It is only when you engage with God. Huh? I'm at home and then the chairperson is asking me to dance and to, to sing out loud. Oh, I don't want that yoke. And yet God is saying that it is with my yoke that your life becomes light and easy. And your soul finds true rest. It is in your dancing for the Lord that your feet are nourished back to health. Amen? Okay, let's, let's go on point number three. So, we know what this command tells us, right, about ourselves, that we are only human and humans need to rest. Right? 
And we know, we need to remember, right? What was this command given? We need to remember where our rest comes from. And once you know where your rest comes from, you're able to release. Release control to God. Once you know that it is God who made you, not your boss, then you, are, you can take break from your work. You know? A lot of us, we think that, no, if I, if I, do, if I don't work extra, my boss will be angry at me. And then God is saying that, who does, where does your rest come from? Your bank account on me. Your boss's approval on me. Uh, you, okay, now release. And then when you release that problem, you, you actually be immediately de-stressed. You're able to let that email go. Let that wrong decision go. Let that problem go. And God is saying this, let it go for a day. Because in this connection, point number three, so how do we live it out today is the question we ask ourselves every week. How do we live out this scripture today? Point number three, we need to prepare and commit to the Sabbath. Two components. We need to prepare. And in the preparation, we learn the rhythm of God. Okay? Bonus three R's there. Rest, release, and the rhythm of God. Why the rhythm of God? God is saying that work six days and then rest on on the seventh. Work six days, rest on the seventh. Work six days, rest on the seventh. God is saying that there is a rhythm. Another reason why we don't rest well is because we don't prepare for it. Instead of working when we need to work, we rest when we need to work. That's why when we need to rest, we need to work. And God is saying that work when you need to work, rest when you need to work, rest when you need to rest. Work when you need to work, Rest when you need to rest. Work when you need, and, and that's the rhythm of God. Work. Six days, work. Work. And God shows this, you know, in Luke chapter 14, verse 16 to 22, you have this, you know, it says, oh no, uh, uh, apologies, we'll come back to this later, but Luke chapter 23, verse 50 to 56. Luke 23, verse 50 to 56. Right? And I want us to focus on, now behold, there was a man named Joseph, a council member, a good and just man, he had not consented to their decision and deed. He was from Arimathea, a city of the Jews. He himself was also waiting for the kingdom of God. This man went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Then he took it down, wrapped it in linen, and laid it in a tomb that was hewn out of the rock where no one had ever lain. The day was the preparation. That day was the preparation and the Sabbath drew near. And the women who had come with him from Galilee followed after and they observed the tomb and how his body was laid. Then they returned and prepared spices and fragrant oils and they rested on the Sabbath according to the commandments. Pay attention to verse 54, the, that day was preparation. Uh, in Israel, the, the day before Sabbath is called preparation day. Because to, 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 to rest on the Sabbath, you've got to prepare for that rest. And so they had six days to work, but that last day was for them to basically tie off all loose ends, finish all homework, get everything done before sundown so that you can rest. They will prepare. That's why that day, you know, became the day of preparation. You know, Friday, in other words, day of preparation. Even for us today, you know, Friday is day of preparation. It's always preparation to fly for a holiday, but you no know, preparation. And God is saying that, you know, you got to prepare. You know, even, you know, and, and, and what's beautiful is this, right? Even God, point number three, right? He said we need to prepare and commit to the Sabbath. Even Jesus committed to the Sabbath to the point of his death. Well, he died on the eve of a Sabbath, and even when he was buried, there was Sabbath. There was a commitment, there was a preparation, 
and a commitment. And his people did the same. Joseph prepared on the preparation day to bury Jesus. And they prepared spices and fragrance for a few days later. And then they went back and they observed the Sabbath. And Jesus was showing us that even a New Testament that is to enjoy God's rhythm, you got to prepare and commit. And Jesus was, was honoring this. He was committed to, to the Sabbath. Even, you know, we talk about Sabbath being a place of, of stop and rest, but also a place of recharge with God. Also a place of just sitting and dwelling with God. And that's why before Jesus started his ministry, his ministry was started on the Sabbath. In Luke 4, 16, 22, which I talked about earlier on. So he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read and he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah and where he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Jesus, in, this, is, this is him kicking off his ministry. In kicking off his ministry, he honoured the Sabbath. At the end of his ministry, he honoured the Sabbath. Who are we to break the Sabbath? Who are we to break the rhythm of God? And God is trying to tell us that not only are we human, there is a rhythm. There is, there is. Those of you who have trained for swimming, you'll understand. The swimming is not, if you want to be competitive in swimming, it's not just about, you know, knowing the strokes, it's about the rhythm. It's not just about, and this is how I swim, I've got big lungs so I can swim, I've got long feet so I can swim, I know I'm half frog, so, no, no, no. There's a rhythm that you got to master. In golf, they, they call this not just how strong your arms are, what, your, what metal you're using, what ball, you know, how many holes, no. It's also about the stroke, there's a rhythm. In badminton, there is the smash, there is the rhythm. You know, in, in, in power walking, there is the rhythm. There is a rhythm. God is saying that there is a rhythm to life. In fact, certain translations, the New Living Translation or even the Message Translation says this about the previous scripture we read. Come to me, you know, take up my yoke and I will give your soul's rest. Certain translations say, learn from me the unforced rhythms of grace. You see, we, 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 we see this all the time. We like it all the time on Instagram. Very nice. Oh, unforced rhythm of grace. But it's tied to the Sabbath. The unforced rhythm of God means this. Six days you work and when you need to rest, rest. And by doing this, you cover more ground. By doing this, you're more effective than you realize. But this is, this is something that you got to prepare and commit to. Because when you don't work when you need to work, then you will find it very hard to rest and it will almost be borderline irresponsible for you to rest. And that's why, you know, in Wingman, this means that part of our worship to God is also a strong and healthy work ethic. Wow. That means God is saying that my people are diligent people and you worship God in your diligence. But not just in your diligence, but also in your rest. That's mind-blowing. God, you're worshiping in, your, my, my, in, in my diligence? Yes. But only for six days. Then on the seventh day, you need to rest. You know, spend time with family. Spend time in church. Spend more time than usual reading the Word of God. Spend time just worshipping. Spend time serving others because that's what the Sabbath is meant to do. In uh, Luke chapter 
6, verse 9, Jesus commands us to do good on the Sabbath. Because he asked them, Jesus said, I ask you one thing, is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do evil, to save a life or to destroy? And he followed up by healing someone. In other words, Sabbath is not just, like I said, it's not just a holiday, it's a holiday for us to draw near to God, draw near to friends, but to also do good. To release the things we got to release, the unforgiveness, the stress, release it to God and to commit to that rhythm. Six, take a break. Six days, take a break. And, and not just that, this wasn't just a weekly rhythm. God had a, a divine rhythm and, and, and in, in, in Jewish culture and custom is work six days, rest on the seventh. Work six years, rest on the seventh year. That was called the Sabbath year. How many of you would love for a globe, not globally, but nationally mandated entire year of bank holiday. 365 days. Come on, can I hear a hallelujah and amen? Right? Can you imagine? Right? That means work, right? Every work for six years. But in the six years, you have your rhythm of six days, one break, six days, one break. And then six years, one big break year. And it was not just break, but also like the land. Nobody could work the land, so the land got to heal. So God is for the environment. God is for people, for workers' rights, and for the environment. An entire year, His for rest, entire year, people were to chill. And then, when the seven times seven, 49, very clever, that is called the year of Jubilee. In which is what Jesus alluded to. This is the year of the Lord's favor, also the year of Jubilee. So, for, so, so six days, one day rest. Six years, one year rest. 49 years, the 50th year, super rest. It was called the year of the Lord's Jubilee. And this is where all debts are forgiven. You owe people money, reset, don't owe the bank anything. The house is yours. The cow is yours. Prisoners are set free. This is the year of the Lord's Jubilee because He set us free, so we set you free. Free! Don't sin again. If you sin, we'll see you again next year. And that was God's rhythm. Six, one break. Seven years, one break. 49 years, mega, mega break. And God is introducing us to His rhythm because also one day we will see God and we will have the not just the year of Jubilee, we will have eternity of Jubilee. Six years, one break. Is it easy? What does this speak to us today? That means that maybe we got to take charge of our Mondays to, well, we're so thankful we got Monday to Friday only. So use your Mondays to Fridays. Work well. Be responsible. Be hardworking. And then break. Just like how people on the diet, they have cheat days. Right? No, I, I'm trying to cut down on sugar, but weekends are my cheat days. I'm not sure if it works that way, but I, I self-declare it. And so weekends, I look forward to the weekends. You have no idea I look forward to the weekends because the weekends I can taste sugar. And God is saying that, you see, when you do that, when you follow my rhythm, your love for Him increases because you associate God with rest. You associate God with good things. Oh, I work so hard, my boss don't understand me, but one day, one day, my boss cannot touch me. And that day was given by God. That means God protects me from my boss for that one day. Can I share with you as we close a, a, a testimony? Uh, this is not my testimony, but there's this organization in America. Like I said, this, this, there needs to be preparation and there needs to be a commitment to God's rhythm 
and God's Sabbath. That's how we practice it. And when you practice it, you will be blessed. Now, is it easy to practice? Is it easy to commit to? No. There's this organization in America. It's a fast food restaurant called Chick-fil-A. All right? That closes on a Sunday. All right? According to Forbes.com, Chick-fil-A, in 2019, was named America's number one restaurant in the fast food industry in the annual American Customer Satisfaction Index, the ACSI. This index is evaluated by half a million consumers on the order accuracy of the restaurant, food quality, speed of service, and because now we live in the modern age, the mobile app reliability. They have been ranked number one six years in a row as of 2019. Right? They scored out of half a million people, they scored 84 over 100. Second highest scored fast food restaurant in 2019 was Chipotle. And they scored 80 over 100. See, this company, Chick-fil-A, they, they close on a Sunday. They take breaks. The founders are Christians and it's a privately owned family business. There's no shareholders. And then they go like, we will treat our members well. We will treat employees well. We will work hard for six days. But on Sunday, we will all take a break. If the CEO takes a break, you take a break from the dishwasher to the CEO. And other people are like crazy. You're on Sunday, when people bring their kids out, you want to close? And yet they score number one in customer satisfaction, food quality, and all these things. Now let's talk about something more interesting, money. In Business Insider and Forbes released this, in 2019, Chick-fil-A ranked number three in America in terms of their sales. They brought in $11.3 billion in 2019. They are only topped by two other organizations in 2019. Guess who's number one? McDonald's. Of course, right? America McDonald's. They, McDonald's brought in $40 billion in 2019. And this was an increase of 5% compared to 2018. And second was, anyone? Second? Starbucks. Starbucks brought in $21 billion in sales. And this was a growth of 9%. Number three was Chick-fil-A, $11.3 billion. And their growth was 13%. Now, you might be thinking, Pastor, I thought this was testimony. How come this person honored God and he comes in third? McDonald's in America has 13,846 locations and they brought in 40 billion. Starbucks has 15,049 locations and they brought in 21 billion. Chick-fil-A has 2,470 locations and they brought in 11.3 billion. Now you go like, hmm, something supernatural. And be mindful. And they took a day off. With less resources, better treatment of people, less working days, they made more money than even KFC, which was at number 14. I, I knew somebody who loves KFC. Guess what? KFC only brought in $4 billion. I, when, when I say this, I apologize to all the people out there. What I mean is in comparison to Chick-fil-A, Brought in only $4 billion in sales, a 3% growth. And uh, apparently in KFC in, in America, its popularity is shrinking. They've only got 4,065 locations. 
But that's still 2,000 more than Chick-fil-A. And that's still 52 days more business. We can. And people have, have, have done the research and said, Chick-fil-A, if you open one more day a week, if you work 52 more days a year, you will bring in another billion. How many of you would love to work 52 days and earn a billion dollars? Just 52 days a year and, 50, and 1 billion. How many of you? Come on. No? 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 Really? Liars. Come back for commandment number. Anyway, so is it a commitment to say goodbye to a billion dollars? 52 more days and one more billion. And yet it's a commitment to go, no. God comes first. And because God comes first, people must also come first. And then now, people are are now studying their model and going like, oh, actually, you know, this is very clever because it creates this thing called scarcity. And so when people want to have it, they can't. And so that when they can't have it, they will order more. Oh, Chick-fil-A, you're so clever. You're so cunning in your business strategy. And then they go like, no, we're just honoring God's commandment number four. You see, when you honor God, when you make preparations, I guarantee you, friends, if you go back and you practice this, students, if you begin to put in more work on your Monday to Friday, don't skip homes. Don't skip prayer meeting. Don't say that, oh, I'm preparing for the Sabbath. I will. <laughs> if you put in work from your Monday to Friday, you will see, and you will see that you can still have your Sabbath. God can still be glorified and your grades will still go up. Young adults, those of you who work, I know some of you love working but learn to say no to your boss and start saying yes to God. Work, commit to work, five days. Even if you do six days, God says it's okay. But then have that day to Sabbath, to rest, and you will see rhythm-wise, you'll become healthier, emotionally, spiritually, mentally, and better equipped for Monday. It, I, I used to struggle with rest. With this last simple testimony, I'll close. I used to struggle with rest because, you know, like I said, being, being a pastor, being a preacher, it's a responsibility, but it's also something I enjoy doing. And so sometimes when Monday comes, I, I, and, and, you know, by, you know, technically speaking, labor law and everything else, yeah, it is my day of rest. Um, but I struggle with it. Can I be honest with you? Because I go like, oh, I want to do something Monday. Everyone go to work. I also feel I need to go to work. I also need to meet people, etc. And more than anything, I, I feel guilty. I feel guilty for, for, for resting from something that I, 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 that I do work, uh, you know, and, and a pastor's role is a bit more messier. It's not just a simple nine to five. It's you know, all the time. You know, just in fact, yesterday, uh, uh, just impromptu, impromptu counseling over the phone just, just happened Saturday afternoon, just like that. And that, that's okay. That's, that's what we do. Uh, and then God began to say that, no, Dave, you got to learn to, you know, if you don't want, at least take Monday mornings off. If you want to meet people because people have to be met on that day, just learn to take Monday mornings off. You know, sleep in a little, have a little bit of coffee. And just just do that. Ignore the dog. Just 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 rest. Because God began to tell me and say that Dave, a lot of things you do leading the church and and, and managing people, uh, you know, if you're not rested, you can't make good decisions. If you're not rested emotionally and physically, when people come to you and say, Pastor, is God telling me this? This you're not in a position to be able to confidently tell them yes or no. And so you need to rest in me so that you can be effective in your preaching, you can be effective in your leading, you can be effective in your prayer. Rest. 
And that's when I begin to go like, okay, God, I will learn to rest. I will learn to be. Because you know, sometimes growing up, some of us come from a culture where we celebrate work. And it's a good thing to have strong work ethic and to have days of rest is almost considered like you are a weakling. And God is saying that it's no sign of weakness that you need to rest. It means that you're only human. But when you rest, remember where your rest comes from and prepare and commit to it. Don't just use Sabbath as an excuse to be lazy. Prepare, have a good, strong work ethic. Embrace my rhythm. Prepare and commit to it. And you will see blessing increase in your life. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord. God, I thank you for the word today. I pray that we will be able to go back and unpack it. Help us to look at our lives and ask ourselves, have we been productive? And God, how can we be productive for the times we need to be productive so that we can rest when we need to rest? Lord, help us, Lord, to focus in on this so that we do not give in to daydreaming, we do not give in to laziness, but Lord, help us to work when we need to work so that we embrace your rhythm so that we can rest when we need to rest. And in that rest, there's blessing. In that rest, there is healing to our souls as well. And God, we pray that through this, we will also understand that the Sabbath is not just about a holiday. It is a holiday. It is a day with you. And it is only when we are yoked with you that our soul finds true rest. Thank you, God, for loving us even though we are so human. Thank you, Lord, for your grace that helps us to live out this law. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you've been touched by today's message and would like to invite Jesus into your life, why don't you join me in saying this prayer? Lord Jesus, thank you for paying the ultimate price for my sins by dying on the cross for me. I receive your love and forgiveness and eternal life by faith. Come into my heart and life and be my Lord and my Savior. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for tuning in today. We hope that you've been blessed by today's message. For more information about Acts, you can check out www.actschurch.uk. God bless.